Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to There's No Place Like Terra, Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we are going over Season 2, Episode 16, The Fifth Race. Or is it just Fifth Race? It's just... The fifth... It's, think it, I don't know if it has a thought in front of it or not. <laughs> fifth Race! Fifth Race! Done and done, a.k.a. Jack's face acting. Oh, my um, a.k.a. is... Uh, the perfect combination of Stargate. Just a perfect episode. Uh, the perfect one. Because there is a This perf- is the one! This is the one! There is a combination of humor. This episode is our mommy now. For yeah. any Bob's Burgers people, <laughs> you know the reference. I did not get the reference. <laughs> this is the one! But like, it's a perfect combination of you have the humor aspect, you have the the saga, the, you know, the, the legend, um, I forget the word I'm looking for. Legacy? Um, the no. mythology. Mythology, yes. Is the word. The mythology mixed in with, you know, it's just, it's all stargate goodness. You get a little bit of everything. It's a nice little, like, baker's choice dozen donuts yeah. mixed nuts of Stargate. And what's what's really stargate cool... Stargate mixed nuts. <laughs> I'm not hungry. What? <laughs> and what's really cool is because there's not a ton of, of you can fill someone in in a sentence on this. Uh-huh. This is a great first episode this to is, get people into Stargate. I agree. This is definitely a blink Doctor Who's version of Blink episode. A.K.A. Blink. (laughs) (laughs) A.K.A. Blink. (laughs) Stargate's Blink. I love Um, it. But yeah, it's... I cannot express to you how much I love this episode. That... um, (laughs) <laughs> Spoilers for the later in the cast. It's basically my number one. I've got to be honest. I'm already. Things. I'm rewriting my top five, trying to figure out where it goes. Oh, so this is number definitely one. Definitely places. For yeah, me. yeah. This is number one. <laughs> so, um, this first aired on December sixteenth, nineteen ninety eight. Uh, it was written by Robert C. Cooper and directed by David Barry Smith. Both names we know. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of guest stars in this because it's a nice little. Um, all nice the little gangs all here. The gangs all here episode. Um, but we start with, it's, it's lecture time with Daniel. Class time, <laughs> if you will. The bell is rung. Everyone we take your notes here. out. Uh, he's talking about the quote unquote meaning of life stuff that they got from Ernest Littlefield's planet. Uh, and they, they bring it up again now. It's a name we remember. It is from a name season we remember. one, correct? That's Catherine's boyfriend. Yeah, I still just call him Carson Beckett. Because <laughs> that's his name of the actor's character nice. when it gets to Atlantis. Oh. Um... <laughs> So we bring we're bringing the meaning of life stuff back up now because two days ago on P three R two seven two they got an image of a circle with all these little symbols and the symbols match one of the Rose, quote unquote Rosetta Stone yes. languages that they found on that on yeah. this little something planet. here ties us back to this other like secret languages of the ancients essentially yeah. right well at this point Daniel has no clue what it means he doesn't know who it is but it's one <laughs> of the four races it's yeah. not the Asgard because he can he's like the Asgard have this little Asgardian symbol on here we knows who's that is yeah but these are one of their allies, at least, which makes them important. These are good guys, probably. Most, is yeah, what Daniel's saying. Exactly. I do love the, the the section of this where Daniel's like, "Yeah, you know, let me recap this episode that we all saw a long yeah. time ago." And Heaven's like, "We were all there. But we I all love, saw it." It's like this is our way of doing previously on without yeah. doing previously on. Here's our previously on, and then Heaven's like, "Yeah, yeah, we were there. Yeah, well, we're we, done. We we're read done. the mission reports." And no, he's we're like, good. Daniel's like, "No, but I'm I'm trying to do a previously on here. This is for the audience." Now. For you guys, like, that would have been a great place to break the fourth wall. Oh my god! Yeah. And like, no, this is for the audience. <laughs> this is not for you. It's for them. Yeah, because <laughs> they all look at us knowingly. <laughs> so they head to the planet, uh, and the Melton lie that when it said that there's no exits from this room, it's just a you know. I do love this part when we're in this room. It felt to me like a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah, hey, look at that. Yeah, there's, a, there's a Twilight Zone episode <laughs> where you have a ballerina and an astronaut and a cowboy, and I think there's one other person in in this giant tube with uh-huh. no exit. 
exits and no way out. So like cube? Yeah, well, Kai, I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's like a horror story version of it. Oh, no. So they're they're in this giant cylinder and they can't find any way out. And it turns out that they're actually toys in a donation box. Huh. So maybe Not our starting team is a bunch of toys in a donation no box. In no way is that like the movie Cube. <laughs> uh Cube is is one of the few horror films that I really enjoy because it's not too horror-y, okay. uh, but it's it's basically, if you want to think of a gigantic um, um, Rubik's Cube, okay. and they just wake up inside of there with no memory, Holy and moly. you can climb into any other cubes adjacent, but in random ones, there's things that kill you. Wow. And so... That sounds like Portal. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of. That sounds like I've been playing Portal. Yeah. It's, um... <laughs> It's 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 an and it has some ties to Stargate because of the actors. <gasps> um and but no, it's it's actually a fun one. It's it's kinda like a lot of films where I ignore anything that comes after the original. Gotcha. But the first one's good. I might check that one out. I Let's think see. you'd really enjoy it. Cube. Um, Yes. I will make a boyfriend Jesse watch that with me. Yeah, I think he'd enjoy that one. Got so, uh, basically, Jack just thinks this is an intergalactic waste of time. Daniel tries <laughs> calling out loud to anyone who might be listening. Nope. Intergalactic Waste of Time is the name of my next album. <laughs> of my fictitious band that is constantly renamed. Yeah. But that is a great it's a phrase. Name. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and just at this point, Jack passes over a circle of writing on the floor and it lights up. And at the same time, something sort of forms out of the wall behind them. Something you should totally go stick your head up hey, to Hey, anytime and something weird is there, stick your face in it. Yep. No. The answer to that is no. I've well, seen Alien. Teal does it. At first, he just sees dancing lights. Nothing happens to right, him. Right, right. And then Jack goes and looks and it pops out of the wall further, which startles Jack. Still no. Still Not no. enough, though, obviously, for him to get out of the way before. Right. Or it pops out even further and clamps around his they head. They clearly haven't seen Alien because my first <laughs> thought, and I may have said this out loud, you will have to be my witness here. I went, face hugger, face yeah, hugger. You did, yeah. <laughs> you were like, like, this is gonna, don't put your head up to that. Don't put your face don't up to that. That's when that. a face hugger comes out and eats your brain. <laughs> uh, I love how he's like struggling with this and no one is going up to help They're him. They're like, oh shit, that's not You're, good. Well, seems to be you. Handle this on your own, dude. Um, so it does what it wants to Jack, uses him as it will, and it yeah. tracks back to the wall, leaving him unconscious. Well, yeah. not unconscious, but unresponsive on the floor. It, it makes out with his face. It does. And then it leaves. Yeah. And it didn't even leave any money on the nightstand. Nope. <laughs> and I guess Teal'c is the one who's going to fireman carry him back to the gate. <laughs> well, someone has to, and it's not going to be Daniel. And credits. <laughs> uh, that is a... Awesome teaser. That's an op- awesome cold open. It is. It is fun. Say. It's fun. It, there's a lot of things. It's just interesting. It's yeah. just interesting. You're like, why is this? Why is this other thing? What's happening now? Yep. What's wrong with Jack? Yeah. Face huggers. And Face huggers. <laughs> so as we come back from the credits in the infirmary, Jack mm-hmm. is alive and awake and doesn't remember a thing. Um, but, it, you know, he's feeling good right now. So he says. His, he's The words coming from his mouth are, I'm feeling good. But the attitude is a little bit, <laughs> a little bit sassafras. Like, yeah. he's a little bit too sassy, even for Jack. <laughs> you're like, all right, what's I up? I don't think anyone actually believes <laughs> him in this moment. Yeah, that's true. Dan, or Janice just like, fine, come back when you collapse or something. Yeah. It's like when your mom's like, so you're, you're okay to play outside? And they're like, yeah, totally fine. Okay. Totally fine. You deal with the consequences All right, then. go out there. I will say I fun. told you so. <laughs> yeah. So in the briefing room, Jack is doodling on his pad of paper while they talk about the short-lived mission. Uh, they assume it didn't react to Tilk since he's a Jaffa because mm-hmm. that's, you know, standard operating procedure at Makes this sense, point. yeah. Uh, and Poor Tilk never gets to have any fun. Yeah, not the first thing <laughs> they run across that's sensitive or not sensitive to a he's Jaffa. He's like, I'm a Jaffa. Oh, <laughs> Eeyore. <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> um, and Jack is annoyed. Uh, he's like, Teal'c looked, I looked, I grabbed my head, I passed out, I came to, we're here, we're home, can we go? So basically it turned him into a teenage girl. Yes. <laughs> he's like, God, can we be done? He's like, I'm fine, I'm a little tired, there's nothing crevice with me. <laughs> and I love this word. <laughs> and him and Daniel have this, like, perfect... 
Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Yeah. Did, didn't, did, yeah. didn't. Again, if in case we weren't being adolescents, <laughs> we definitely are now. That 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 is that's where you, your your phrasing came in. This this idea that you injected a good amount of humor. Yeah, it's a nice little like salty caramel core of and humor. Here's the thing: is like this kind of interaction is part of why I love Stargate. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Because they have this. <laughs> this to me is like realistic. Yeah, like how it would go. The two of us would have this conversation. Well, and the idea is like, there's this really serious thing that we're just figured out, and it's like, nah, yeah. nah. It's like, what's happening right now? <laughs> this is ridiculous. I love that. I love that they give you a little bit of that ridiculousness. Yeah. In case anyone forgot that you were watching a sci-fi TV show, yeah. you are watching entertainment television. Exactly. Don't take exactly. it too seriously. Even in the darkest of times, yeah. people have this weird black <laughs> sense of humor. Yeah. Uh, and then everyone's left trying to figure out what Krubus is. Um, <laughs> Um, and then we come to what, what honestly might be one of my favorite scenes of the of the episode. Uh-huh. They're in the SGC gym, oh. and Teal and Jack are oh, yes. to go boxing. Okay, <laughs> let me just say that it was really smart of him to wear that entire diaper <laughs> thing. I've never seen anyone wear that. I, I have, yeah. but underneath their clothing. Sure, that's fair, yeah. But it was just like, why is this on top? Like, because they maybe wanted... American Gladiators might yeah. have been the last time they oh, wore that. Yeah. <laughs> With yeah. the little gray, it might have been the exact same gray sweatsuit as well. Yep. Where it's like where you go up against like what was it like Siren? Yeah. And, well, I think Siren Titan... was one of the girls. That's true. That Siren was one of the girls. But I think there was a laser. There was a laser and a blaze. And... Yeah, blaze. Yeah. Blaze. <laughs> I really want to go back and watch that. Now. I wish now. I wish I could go through the obstacle course oh yeah no, without any any actual gladiators in it i just yeah. want to go in there and like shoot the tennis balls the yeah, thing and, yeah. like, and try to i wanted to see how heavy that ball is that rolls at because you because here's the difference unlike what is it american ninja warrior that's yeah. on now the american gladiator stuff when like don't tie me but i could actually make it through yeah. that one there was no physical feats like yeah. it was it was work yeah. but it was no more work than like eighth grade gym class exactly it was like climb a rope you know go up these stairs yeah. and then like run around this thing and, and then yeah, avoid this and then balance yeah and... the guys on American Ninja Warrior now these people are not human no they're not they're <laughs> superhumans with incredible strength and all these crazy even the ones that fall I'm pretty sure obstacles in they, I'm like I, you're still amazing you know the super serum that they injected Captain America with yep. pretty yeah. sure they got all of either the that or they're metahumans if we're gonna go to yeah. the other universe this is true. if this we're is gonna true. go DC if you are DC not Marvel they are metahumans <laughs> <laughs> Just, just cover all our bases here. <laughs> um, so, anyways, the 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 battling in this scene is amazing. I love yeah. it. He's like, I'll be honest; these are here so you don't hurt me. <laughs> Teal'c doesn't really understand why they're doing battle if they don't intend to hurt each other. And I kind of pause here. I I will take it for the humor in this in this yeah. scene, but. Tilk has sparred enough times in his life that he understands sparring. But I do love that we've gotten a little bit back to the uh, Tilk out of water. Yeah. Because those are fun. Yes. Anytime there's a fish out of water situation for Tilk, it is kind of fun to watch and be like, how do I navigate this? Um, But you're right. This is probably not the way to do it because fighting is something that he would be a pro at. This is true. Um, Um, But it is fun. Yes. And Jack tries to teach him about dancing a bit and boxing, having to move around. And this is where we cannot continue without giving props and raising a toast of our beer to Muhammad Ali. Although I'm, he didn't drink beer, but that's okay. Cheers to you, sir. Cheers to you. I was never a boxing fan, but, you know, his greatness went hell of a lot far beyond the ring. So. You know, I, I will say that um, until very recently, I did not know a lot about his history. Um, I took a class... Uh, with this, uh, uh, with a really great teacher that was just called A Decade of Decision. It was mm-hmm. about the 1960s. Mm-hmm. And I learned about all the activism and the yeah. stuff that he did and he, how, the reason he went from Cassius Clay to Muhammad Ali. He and, seriously changed, he changed the course of history. Yeah. You know what I mean? He did, he did. And he, he kind of did, he, he stood for what he believed in. Yes. He didn't do it to gain popularity or to gain fans or no. he just did it because it's what he thought was the next right thing to do. And he also And and, and because of that he just be, be this this guy just had an integrity. Yeah. He became the greatest. Just being who he was and, and following his integrity and knowing and doing what he knew was right. Yes. Was always what he did. Whether you agree with it or not, there's exactly. something to respect there. Well and he was someone who he didn't he didn't uh um 
say what he said in order to gain popularity. He was someone who understood that he is a public figure, that he is people that he is someone that people recognize. So he did. He used that as a platform. Right. Because he could be heard because of who he was in order to spread a message. So he felt that that was an important like he had to do that because he had that opportunity. Definitely. Yes. So much finer words have been said than what I said about him this weekend. So, you know, cheers to (laughs) cheers to cheers to the greatest cheers to the greatest. So, with that being said, <laughs> Jack hits Teal in the chest, which is basically hitting a solid wall, and then Teal punches Jack in the face, and he goes down hard. Speaking of the greatest, <laughs> he goes down like Teal hard. Teal and Ellie would have been allies. Oh. They would have been like, hey, oh, we yeah. should go spar. Oh, yeah, That yeah. would have been fun time. I would love to see Teal and I think Ali Muhammad Ali would have gotten an honorary, uh, whatever the thing is on Teal's forehead. Yeah, the mark. He would have gotten an honorary one of those. I forget the official name of that, but yeah. And then Teal would have gotten a, a, a fun, like, nickname. Yeah. I don't yeah. know what it would have been, but he would have made some sort of poetry <laughs> exactly. regarding how he floats like a butterfly. And exactly. <laughs> um, and so he, Jack just goes down hard. He's making sure his nose isn't broken. Um, <laughs> and he's trying to te- teal, teach Teal how to dance, you know, move around Muhammad Ali style, you know? <laughs> he's like, you gotta bend your Kozars, yeah. you know, your Kozars. Which, okay, in here, Teal's like, I'm assuming you mean your legs, but it seems much more logical to me that Kozars means knees. Yeah, well, because you don't bend your legs. You, you bend, bend your, your knees. knees. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's chalk this up to Teal's. Um, yes. English is not his first language. This it's is not true. probably not even a second language. Who knows which one it is. Just don't. It, yeah. Not according to when you're watching. Things get translated. I will TV say guys. now, though, that now I'm going to be like, oh, my Kozars. <laughs> my Kozars. <laughs> my Kozars. Oh. We should do that whenever we, we walk around and it's just us. Uh, yeah. Like, it's Thing. Yeah, oh, I'm totally doing I'm trolling everybody with this. I'm going to troll that boyfriend Jesse with for, it. Yeah. Frond for uh, Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. They just can't. Can you get it through your frond? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So we then get to see Daniel's office for the first time in the series. That's right. Um, and Jack just wants to know what the hell is wrong with him. Uh-huh. And I think this, we don't see this till later, but I just have to remark now about Daniel's screensaver. Okay. That it's amazing. And I will fully <laughs> admit that I sought it out and was my screensaver for most of my college career. <laughs> Not okay. lying. Now, am I remembering it correctly or no? Is it the multiple Egyptian? Yes, it's the walk like Egyptian. And there's a lot of them on there? Yep. Okay, yep. so all I could think of, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but there was a screen back when, like, in the heyday of memes, there yeah. was this thing with, with badgers, badgers, badgers. Mm-hmm. Bad- badger, 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 yeah. badger, 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 screensaver that was yeah. just a little flash frame of the badgers that's all i can think oh of. no i know badgers badgers <laughs> i know it well yes done and done yes <laughs> it Although, feels like it was a hundred now years that ago. i think about it when there's a badger i don't know how i didn't think of this before there's a badger uh-huh there's a snake and they talk about growing mushrooms why it, there's got to be a harry potter version of this somewhere oh shit if not, we're making it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just Hufflepuff versus Slytherin. Yep, done and done. <laughs> Go Hufflepuff! Go Ravenclaw! <laughs> what? Um, we don't have houses. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Bartender Nick is a Hufflepuff and he denies it. He thinks he's a Gryffindor. He's not a Gryffindor. He's not a he Gryffindor. is a Hufflepuff just like he's I am. He's a Hufflepuff. There's nothing wrong with being a Hufflepuff. I don't know where this stigma you know, came I don't, from. Absolutely not. I am a Hufflepuff loud and proud. Yeah. We are people persons and we are of great heart. I just want to go sit with the book or in my case today it was knitting. You know what's funny is I think boyfriend Jesse may fall under a Ravenclaw as well. A smarty but smart pants. I, I, yeah. I think he's a Ravenclaw for sure. Yeah. Either that or a Slytherin. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I do know Slytherins. I do. I, I have one Slytherin. I have a, a couple Slytherin friends. I have one Slytherin that. friend who happens to be a doctor. And I'm just like, you're supposed to have more heart than this. One of them, um, I am in her wedding later this year. Mm-hmm. And um, she hasn't listened to this, so it's okay. But I'm making her her garter. Oh. And it's going to have a, a Slytherin aspect to it. It's going to have a Transformers it, aspect. And it's going to have a Boba Fett. I'm totally cool with that. I may or may not have bedazzled the inside <laughs> of my best friend's dress with a blue TARDIS. That's amazing. For her something blue, but she didn't know it was in her dress. <laughs> she just said, oh, put the beads in there. I was like, awesome, that'll be great. And I made them in the little shape of 
a TARDIS. That's adorable. <laughs> I really kind of want her to not necessarily know what a TARDIS is. Oh, no. Well, she does. I but know. I just, I love that. But she that may have, have been, never looked at it. That would have been to me more perfect if it's like not a Doctor what Who is fan. Doesn't matter. Go away. Go away, Amelia. That's where the doctor's going to go. He's going to crash your wedding somehow. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Anyways, I may have to find that screensaver again, but um, just put it on at work. So, uh, meanwhile, Jack has uh, is losing the philatus to speak properly. <laughs> All these fun words to introduce to my vocabulary. I know. And he doesn't, uh, I mean, he's not intending to do this. Daniel may thinks that philatus is a derivation of medieval Latin, uh, but Jack looks at the screen with the alien writing on it and just immediately starts nuani on creators. Nick Qua, I can't pronounce the rest Cover of it. Cover your heart, Indy! That's what I went to. <laughs> uh, but the words are just propping into his frond. Uh, sure, yeah. He's not reading them. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Daniel grabs Sam at this point and points out um, that, you know, Jackson the infirmary. But before he went there, he just picked up a piece of chalk and filled this entire chalkboard up with math that Sam has no idea what it means. Okay, can I tell you that I yeah. think this would have been a great comedic turn if Sam went in there and was like, this is a bunch of fucking gibberish. <laughs> well, it's basically yeah. what she is. <laughs> but She's but like, that there was never actually ever yeah. any outcome to it. Oh, it's like, gotcha. oh no, he's just fucking writing bullshit <laughs> right now at you. He's trolling you, Daniel. He's basically just trolling you. <laughs> Yeah, she's, okay, I'm done. she's like, I have no clue what this means. The simple equations make no sense. <laughs> so it's kind of at this point, she's like, yeah, it is true. there's a good chance that he's trolling yeah. you. Uh, in the infirmary, Jana points out that Jack's brain is working at over 90%, not the 5 to 10% the human brain normally does. And meanwhile, Jack has made a jailbreak from the infirmary. Um, here's the thing. The 5 to 10% brain myth... Is okay, myth. thank you. It's bullshit. I wasn't sure, and I knew that no, you would have the answer it's bullshit. <laughs> it's an urban legend that has been used for great literary effect. I mean, sure. there is what Limitless on now, oh, Lucy, yeah. and that's only in the past couple of years. There's so many things that go on in yeah. this 10% brain capacity myth. Um, it's been swimming around since, like, the late 1800s. Oh. Um, I couldn't... The history of this was kind of hard to follow because it's sort of amorphous. But sure. it seems like a, in the mid-1930s, a Lowell Thomas uh, said in the foreword of How to Win Friends and Influence People, which oh. is a book that many people know. Uh, he talked about Professor William James of Harvard used to say that the average man develops only 10% of his latent mental ability. Which um, is not the same as your brain. No. And yeah. William James was one of the guys in late 1800s that this kind of first started with. Got he it. started experimenting with sort of mental potential and mental capacity. Gotcha. Um, and it was also in the 1929, like, I think, World Almanac, that, that oh. factoid it just kind of continued from there. Let's um, just own this without any research. Yay! Yeah. And it sounds sort of like the modern myth kind of came about with some research that said that we may only use a percentage of our brain at a, at, at a time. Okay. Um, and you aren't like, you know, you may not be accessing long-term memory okay. in, in an instant type thing, but it may not necessarily be dormant. But we do use 100% over the course of a day. Well, it's like your computer's using everything. You're exactly. just not accessing. You're not using your processor to process exactly. everything all at once. It's yeah. just kind of in the background. Um, but this whole, the whole 10% has just been shattered completely. Um, sure. You can see the whole brain is active when you scan it. When you, it all lights up, right? Isn't yeah. Isn't that the idea? Yeah. And it's even the idea that even a small amount of brain damage can be impactful. Like That's your brain true. can't always rewire shit. So fair, fair point. Um, yeah. Thank you for setting us straight. That is our little science according to Nixie. Yes. <laughs> um, so we find Jack again in the weapons room. He's taking the liquid Nakoda from Teal'c's staff weapon, although he has no clue why he needs it. <laughs> He's just taking this out. I love that they're just basically babysitting him. Yeah. He's a giant drunk baby. They're yes. like, I don't know what he's going to do next, but let's just make sure he doesn't hurt himself. That's essentially know. what they're yeah. doing. Yep. <laughs> Uh, and in the briefing room, Teal'c is, Teal'c is off watching Jack. <laughs> they have yeah. no clue what's... Speaking of drunk, giant drunk Jack. <laughs> they have no clue what's wrong with him. Uh, he can read all the writing from the most recent planet and the meaning of life stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but he can read it. That doesn't mean Daniel can translate it. But it's at least a leg up. He sure. at least sort of know what it sounds like at this point. Mm -hmm. um, assuming that they trust it's true what he's saying. He's not just speaking complete gibberish. Yeah, there's but, a kind of leap of faith here for To Bennett. be fair, Daniel has this is like the first hit he's had, so he's like, yeah. even if it's a leap of faith, I'm gonna go with this. That's that's fair. Because he's starting to make sense of some of it. Yeah, well, and, and you know, to, to Daniel's 
I, I don't know. I want to say uh, for this to happen to, to Jack and not Daniel must yes. be killing Daniel a oh, little bit. And so he's like, I got to get into this somehow. This is how I get involved here. Well, the other I mean, the other thing is, is that, you know, if it happened to Daniel, he could still read it, but he still wouldn't understand I guess he wouldn't it. be able to. Yeah, because that's true. Jack doesn't understand what he's reading. He's yeah. just sounding it out. He that's just true. sort of knows how. To, so. I'm sure Daniel would still much prefer this. He's kind of like, oh, if only this happens. It's like he got a translator. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. he's got a little translator machine. Um, but the, he does think the circle of writing on the planet says the place of our legacy or the piece of our leg, most likely the first. <laughs> Sam points out that, um, that you know, since the Asgard oppose the Gould, odds are that the other members of this alliance feel the same way. Sure. Um, and, you know, it could be why the device didn't like Teal'c, because... It sees him as a Gould. It you know, knows the, the Gould larvas there. Daniel thinks the device downloaded the language into Jack's brain, uh, and okay. then Teal'c then summons Hammond, you know, to, to where he is, and down to the command room. Um, okay. Control room, I mean. Sure. Jack is busy at a computer. He has no clue what he's, he's doing. He's just computering at yeah. us. Like, yeah. and, then, and like, like he might as well have said that. Because yeah. he's like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Something. Computers. Yeah. <laughs> Sam is locked out of the computer. Jack can't stop. I, you know, I feel like it would have been more realistic if somehow he was trying to do this, all of this information, but he was still like hunting and packing. Hunting and packing, yeah. Because his brain might know what to do, yeah. but that doesn't mean he's got the muscle memory all of a sudden. I don't know if it was this episode or the last episode. We do cut to we see someone walk into Hammond's room and we see Hammond hunting and basically <laughs> yeah. just hunting one and finger punching yep. his keyboard. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Which I can see Hammond doing for oh, sure. Totally. Yeah. Um, but Jack won't even let Teal pull him away from the computer. Sam can't reboot the system. She thinks Jack's entering some kind of programming because the computer shuts, like restarts, and mm-hmm. after that it pops up a destination destination map with all the known stargates, right. and then new stargates start popping in. And these ones weren't on the Abydos cartouche either. Uh, the one thing, so obviously more than just language has popped into right. Jack's so brain. Right, so he's got all this information now in his brain. It could have been like a whole database, they're saying. Yep. All of the aliens' knowledge. Uh, Hammond turns to Jack and he's like, look, you're not under arrest. Just don't touch anything yeah. anymore. You're not in trouble, but don't, don't get into more trouble. Yeah. Like. And all Jack can say is, etium, sir. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so in Daniel's office again, Sam comes in, and in this point, Jack can only speak the alien language. Mm-hmm. Um, they have more of a translated, though, and it says, we are the ancients. The Romans were the first road builders, and they spoke Latin, and they learned to build those roads from gods known as the ancient ones. Roads, stargates, gate builders... Uh, Daniel thinks the ancients invented the Stargates. We make this leap a little bit quickly. Yes. <laughs> I just want to put that out there. Yeah. Just a little bit quickly. Yes. That's all. I'm done. Yes. <laughs> uh, we are we are just consolidating plot here. Sure, yeah. To get to where we need to go. You know, Rome and roads and uh, all roads lead to Rome. Yeah. Before Stargate. <laughs> I feel like it's one of those like, go, Stargate. <laughs> we could have put an extra episode in here. Let's just sum up what that episode would have been. You know, I would have loved a, an episode with Roman mythology. That would have been great. I would have been all over that fucking shit. <laughs> Somebody give it to me. <laughs> um, so he's, she, he's still just guessing here, but it would make sense. You're guessing. You're making giant right. leaps. Jack says, Egio, and I'm not going to try to pronounce what he says. I could say, I could recite it after him, but I can't pronounce shit <laughs> from okay. what I wrote. Anyways, Daniel slowly translated into, I need a new location. <laughs> he has, no, Jack has no clue what that location is, though. Right. I need things. That's it. Yeah. I got that. I got nothing else. So Sam's <laughs> about to leave, wishing, she's like, I wish I knew more about what this chalkboard map is. And Jack hands her this little notepad he's been doodling on. It says, 10 equals 8. And then she realizes quite suddenly that what he wrote is base eight math. So first, 
I looked, I tried to find something about where the Romans learned it from the ancient ones, but I didn't find anything. Yeah, I don't so, know that that's a thing. It's, um, I'm not going to say I know all the things and I'm super knowledgeable like about ancient Rome. super hidden in something that Daniel it's, knew. It's not something or that I've ever heard of. invented for plot. I want to say it was invented for plot. I've been a little bit obsessed with Rome and ancient Roman <laughs> mythology for a little while. A little while? I have not found that interesting. Okay, fine. <laughs> while. That's like saying I've been interested in like Norse mythology for just a little while. Just a little while. I just you know I'm, I'm only on the surface level of the things that I've found but I, it's, not, it's not something I've seen. No. And they don't mention it in HBO's Rome therefore it's not real. Yeah, therefore it's not a thing. <laughs> um, but base 8 math uh, do you know base 8 math? It sounds like a thing that I, I learned in, in some sort of They probably class. mentioned it. So yeah. it's the octal numering system, which basically okay. means you only have the digits 0 through 7. Okay. So counting to 20 is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 20. Okay. okay. Interesting. Yes. This which, all sounds very familiar. Yeah. And after 77 comes 100. Okay. 5 times 5 is 31. Okay. So, um, and fun, cool fact. So, you know, basically we have, we have base 10 and the general theory behind that is because it's base 10 because we have 10 fingers. Right. If you count thumbs, I'm including thumbs as fingers, guys. I understand they're not fingers. We have 10 phalanges on our hands. (laughs) Um, Regina phalange. That's all. I'm done. That's my friend's reference. (laughs) So apparently in the Yiki? Yaki? Maybe it was Yaki? Language in California and the... um, I wrote that wrong, but it's another, the Pamini, Pamini language in Mexico. They use base eight because they use the spaces in between their fingers. Oh, interesting. Instead of their actual so fingers. So another fun fact is Yaki is part of my heritage. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> if it is Yaki, which I don't know if that's what you meant to write, but Yaki's uh, Y-A-Q-U-I. Um, well, this did, uh, was did this it spell correctly? that way? Okay, yeah. then it might be it a different term. It is spelled this way, Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's, it's Y-I-K-I. But now we learned something about Grace. If some sort of native Californian <laughs> Indians. Um, so they use base eight because they use the spaces between their fingers, not okay. the fingers themselves. Um, and there's a lot of others, including the Mayans, use base 20, okay. which is kind of cool. Also, sure. like the Irish, the Welsh, Danish, Maori, there's a lot of cultures that used base 20 because I think they, because you have 10 on your hands, 10 okay. on your toes. And cool. so when you're doing that math after nine, you start going A, B, C, D, E. So it's Got almost it. like a hexadecimal. Holy it's math. It's not hexadecimal, but simply because you use. My fraud is killing me. I know. <laughs> Alphanumerical numbering system when you're writing it out in Got Roman it. numerals. I bet least. if I had grid paper, this would make more sense. Probably, yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, the base 10, 5 plus 5 equaling 10, or 5 times 5 equaling 25 is not always true. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, but no. Yeah. Done. Yep. Grace done. Sometimes after 77 comes 100. Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, eventually. <laughs> Sometimes immediately after. <laughs> So Janet is looking at Jack's brain scans. Uh, Jack is <laughs> his brain is on fire. Yes, his he has his like head down. He's like resting his head like an Eeyore sad dog in yeah. frustration. He's just so over this. He looks just so tired. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said at this point it's just affecting his speech. It's a different part of your brain than you use to write. Okay. So he can still write in English, which is as we've seen. Um, but slowly it's just going to overwhelm that part too. It's like a computer. It's just it's slowly eating away at his his brain. Yeah. Basically. At some point he could lose the ability to write English or even comprehend them, or at some point he could just shut down completely. So it's like running a program that's too sophisticated for mm-hmm. your old computer, yep. and then your computer's like, What are you doing to me? I'm crapping out now. Yeah, yeah. Don't Got don't it. ouch, ouch, stop yeah. it, stop it. I'm not built for this. <laughs> Why are you turning run cinema on your fifteen year old computer? <laughs> <laughs> so in the briefing room, Sam said says that they've been sending probes to the new addresses Jack put in the system, and they may have found something. There's a pedestal on one of them that matches the alien writing. Mm. So, and he, they're like, well, we're going to put other... Hammond's like, I'm going to put other people on your team, because, you know, we don't think it's a good thing that Jack goes. Sure, yeah. And Daniel's like, well, if Jack isn't going, I can't go, because translating this language, Daniel thinks this might be the most important thing they've done since they opened the Stargate. I don't think he's wrong, yeah. I don't think he's wrong. I also think 
Daniel over-exaggerates things. Well, yeah, he's definitely a little dramatic. But, <laughs> but I, I think, also yeah. don't think he's wrong here. And 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 he really has no business going off planet if no. Jack's there with this information in his head. And, you know, Sam thinks that the equation on the chalkboard is a revolutionary way of calculating the distance between planets. Um, sure. But mainly, Daniel's like, I'm the only way Jack can communicate right now. Right. Which is yeah. false. He can write in English. For now. For now. But for now, he can still write in English. That's true. So... But anyway, it's okay then. Yeah, <laughs> Daniel and Jack are not going. Uh, we then see Sam Teal'c and the replacement you the replacement the red shirts yeah. leave through the gate. <laughs> yes, the red shirts do not die this time. Oh, spoilers! <laughs> of the I don't know why I'm that. I just don't are. care. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well. (laughs) So at Daniel's office, Jack and Daniel are still at it, uh, but Jack's just done. He is fed up. He is tired. He types into Daniel's computer that I have to go through the Stargate, but he has absolutely no clue where. Right. He is, like, just so wordless acting this frustration. Yeah, this this is... um, um, RDA given us one of his like amazing performances. Yeah. This one completely. This was from his mime school that he went yep. to. Um, you can see the mime classes set in yeah. whatever oh, he took yeah. at, the, at his actor studio of choice. <laughs> I don't know that he actually did any professional uh, education, but yeah, his face says a lot. Uh, he tells fantastic. us a lot, and a lot of it is probably telling us that in real life he's tired because he has a baby. Yeah, but that, I think that's <laughs> it what he's tapping really into. Well. I think yeah. that's what he's tapping it's into right now. It's just this in- complete I have a frustration. <laughs> complete frustration. I haven't slept in a week. Yes, my life is not mine anymore. So, <laughs> in Hammond's office, uh, I believe it's Simmons tells Hammond that she one didn't return the MELP, so they're gonna go call them. In the control room, Simmons calls them, and Sam comes back telling them not to send a rescue team. Now, so, Simmons is our is our non-Walter, correct? He's our non-Walter. Let's take a minute to talk about Simmons again. Yeah. As good-looking as he is. Yes. Where is Walter? I know! <laughs> we have a run of episodes with no Walter. I I'm can't good wait to, to I need back. a Walter fix. I know. And his little round glasses. That's I, all. I don't know when he comes back, but hopefully he comes back soon. Okay, I hope so. Okay, that's all. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's a little trouble on the planet. They can't seem to dial out, and the temperature is rising rapidly because mm-hmm. the Melt didn't know that there's a second sun on this planet. Oh, my goodness. It's basically the planet that Nixie should never go to. Yeah, it's going to yeah. get hot. A planet that Nixie should not even think about nope. she's going to get a sunburn. Yes. I Sunburn thinking of the sun. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Teal'c is going to try to dial manually, though. So in the infirmary, Jack's making something with the Nakoda. <laughs> sure, yeah. Janet can't really follow it's it. It's like Nakoda Play-Doh. Like, he's yeah. just kind of making worms. Like, the little kid that, like, he's like, I don't know. I'm just going to keep rolling it into these giant worms. Oh, look, worms. it's a worm dragon. Look, now it's a worm snake. Now it's a spaghetti noodle. <laughs> Look, I made a meatball. <laughs> the end. <laughs> I made a rock. Daniel pulls Janet aside and tells her about Sam and Teal'c and that they shouldn't really tell Jack yet. Mm-hmm. In the briefing room, uh, Siler and someone else that we don't care about is showing Hammond, <laughs> Siler importantly, yeah. uh, showing things that could they could send through the gate to help cool things down by a couple degrees on the other side. <laughs> yeah. They're trying to figure out how to fix the DHD. It's yeah. not that they have no idea. It's they don't have much of one yet. Right, right. I love that they're sending these things over. I think this is the part where Sam's like, no, you don't understand that's how That's like hot. when they sent them through next. Yeah, they're like, no, that's that's nice, but no. Yeah, yeah. anyway. I yeah. think of this scene as the one from uh, Apollo 13 as where he's where they have to figure out how to fix the uh, the CO2 scuffers. With only the stuff they're in like, the room. They're like, we have to figure out how to way to make this fit into this using only this. Yeah. And I love, there's always a guy in the room who's like, what if we get something else? Like, no, you don't understand. They're in space. This is all they have. They're in space. (laughs) They can't run out to the CVS or the Home Depot around the corner. They're in space. I'm partial to Home Depot because Kaylee can come with us to Home Depot. Oh, I did not know that. Home Depot allows dogs. Now, some individually call them beforehand. Yeah. But on average, Home Depot... Allows dogs. Dig it, Home Depot. Very I love nice. you and your concrete floors. Very happy to see Kaylee there. That's probably why. Uh, but Kaylee is a herder. Bartender Nick and I cannot separate. Yeah, no, you're not allowed to. Because well, you, Kaylee will bark in She knows better. No one should separate at Home Depot. You may never get out alive. No, no. You may That's never like leave se- alive. It's like separating at Ikea. Just no, don't do it. Don't do it. Why? Why are you even doing that? Yeah. 
Good um, job, Kaylee Thor. Yes, she is. We. I don't know if you... I think it's past enough where you don't hear it on the microphone, but it's been storming like a dickens out to this it's, uh, it's, it's got, late it's afternoon. Rain. It's so rain. It's just rain Kaylee o'clock. Kaylee has bundled herself up in the corner behind a desk at my feet because yeah. she is a brave dog that does not like... She is a goddess of thunder. She is not having does it. does like thunder. Yeah, she is not having it unless it's coming out of her butt. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there is some thunder that comes out of that dog's butt. From that down under. Okay, yes. I'm done. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, so, in the control room, Sam says that they the manual dialing failed. The DHD is stuck. Um, then they're like, just sending over some air coolers isn't going to do anything. The temperature is going to reach over 200 degrees yeah. in less than four hours. We be dead. Yeah. He thinks, but this is not... We it's have, like throwing an ice cube into the oven. Yeah. We appreciate <laughs> the gesture. Yeah. However. <laughs> so when the infirmary jack... band-aid is not going to stop this damn. No. And the infirmary jack is done doing whatever the fuck he was doing. Um, <laughs> he has no clue either. Jack sure. turns it on. He's like, that's a thing. I did a thing. Look at this. I don't, I don't know what I did. I don't know what it does. Uh, Daniel's just... Leave it here. I have something else for you to do. He's basically possessed. I think this was his... His uh, He's using the same piece that he used when he auditioned for Whoopi Goldberg's role in The Ghost. <laughs> he's using that same that same thing. He's accessing that drive within himself. I really want to see a video of him auditioning for Whoopi Goldberg's role, I guess. So in Daniel's office, uh, he shows Jack the tape of Sam and explains the situation. Okay. Jack just starts ignoring him, pulls out a couple large sheets of paper and like a compass, some straight edges and just starts drawing. Sure. And he writes for Janet and Daniel to shut up and go away. Hey, that you know what? At least our Jack is still in there. Exactly. <laughs> so in the briefing room, um, I would like to also say that he wrote something much more salty and he, yes. because he's like, that says shut it's, up and I'm go gonna away. I'm going to shield you from what this really says and just tell you that it says to shut up and go away. Exactly. So in the briefing room, they're talking about, you know, cycling the system on the DHD. That's basically turn cycling it off and system. turn it back yeah, on again. Yeah. I think we've talked about our story you, about yeah. Oh, yeah. Let's the cycle the system. Yep. Um, so Daniel and <laughs> Janet and Jack run into the room and tell them, you know, dial them now. We have a thing. And Jack rolls out this very detailed plan for the DHD, which you can get some high risk screenshots. Like, it's legitimate. There is no, like... There's probably some inside jokes in there, but it's a legitimate notes and how to fix the DHD. Like, right. I love this prop. I want this prop. It's you know what stunning. it is? It's it's some artist who put this together was like, well, I can't just... Well, okay, what fake notes do I write? Yeah. It's like, well, maybe I don't write fake notes. I will maybe say... Maybe you just fall down that rabbit, because I've done that. Yeah. I have fallen down that rabbit hole. I will say it's clearly not Jack's writing. It's clearly a drafter's... Yeah. I recognize <laughs> the style of handwriting. It is a drafter's artist hand totally. and not Jack's. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I apologize for that pause and laugh. Uh, Kaylee just sighed very loudly. <laughs> yeah, we weren't sure if that was going to be more than it was. <laughs> um, so uh, Daniel also hands the engineers the weird device Jack made and goes, here, have fun. This is a thing. We don't know what this is. Have fun. <laughs> so they send the instructions to Sam. And it works. Sam and the team come back through the gate with surprisingly little sunburn. Um, yeah, except for the random schmutz on her yeah. face. Yeah. That's really all. It's just, just some schmutz on her face. Um, but she's very sorry. They found nothing to help Jack. And I love how he's. she's like, these worked. Who did them? And Jack's just like, meh. I don't know. Shrug. Yeah. I guess. Me. <laughs> I'm done now. I yeah. don't know Again, he's a teenage girl. He's like, God, I don't even care. <laughs> So in the lab, Sam is looking at Jack's device. They still have no clue what it is or why the fuck Jack built it. Uh, and then they call Sam to the control room. They are preparing to send SG-11 to the next address Jack put in the system, but the computer froze. It's trying to draw more power than usual. Jack then, not hearing that information, just picks up the device and heads away to termination. And Tilk and Daniel are like, so we're following him then. Yeah, right? and let's take a minute to decide this. Here are all these unknown planets. Just start sending teams willy-nilly. Yeah. I don't know that I well, would be okay with that. Here's the thing. It's the same thing on the Optimus cartouche. They're okay. opening it up. They send the melt through. If it's agreeable stuff and the picture looks good, you send the exploratory team through. All right, fair. It's nothing different than the stuff on the Optimus sure, cartouche. Sure. Although, because they're not on the Optimus cartouche, you have a slightly lower risk of running into gold. Well, and, but then also, 
do we know how to get him back? I mean, is that going to get us the same address back? Or? Well, it would be the same thing. Okay. Right now, until they actually figure out that this has an eighth chevron, they are assuming this is in the same. Okay. And See, that's my map, worry. It's like, can we come back from where you're sending them? It's to me. It, it's really no different than plugging in and dress those on the Abadus cartouche. Fair. It's just not one that was written on a wall for them. Okay. Right. I'll take that. So I'll take it. Um. Jack heads to the power room that we saw a couple episodes ago, actually last episode, uh-huh. uh, and opens one of the doors, rigs the device up. Daniel tries talking to Jack, asks what he's doing. Pretty sure he doesn't understand him at all at this point. He mm-hmm. plugs the device in and turns it on. In the controller room, Sam says Stargate just got a huge surge of power, like 10 times more than usual. Hammond sends Siler to the power room and goes, what the fuck is going on? Report back. <laughs> I love how Siler just keeps having to answer for everything. Yeah. It's like, Siler, do the thing. It's like, why is it always me? Like, Basically, I th- that's why he's there and it's why I Like, love I think him. when Tyler goes, when Tyler, when Siler goes home at night, his wife's like, how was your day? He's like, another fucking day <laughs> where all I do is solve these bitches' problems. <laughs> they go out there and they, they got a fucking documented, documentary team following him around because that's what it is to him because yeah. he's not in our fake world. Nope. And he's like, they're fucking rock stars. Meanwhile, I'm in the background fixing all this shit all the time. And she's like, okay, so so do you want a beer? Like, I don't, I don't know what you want right now. Here's, here, you should, you're frightening the dog. Yeah. Pet the dog. All right, kids go upstairs. Kids go upstairs. Dan had a bad day. Um. <laughs> I'm done. So the gate starts finally being able to dial up and it has the power, although no clue where they've lost complete control of the system. <laughs> Jack and Daniel and Teal enter as Chevron 5 is encoding and Hammond is not super happy that they just plugged a device in that they have no clue what it is in the system. <laughs> uh, Sam says Siler could pull the breaker to stop it, but Daniel points out that, you know, Jack said this was a good thing. To be fair, Jack doesn't know but he Jack said- doesn't... He, Daniel doesn't know Jack's it. He guesses a good yeah. thing. But he also is like, you know, he's done nothing bad up to this point. That's a fair point. He's only helped things. Um, and Hammond's like, so far. So <laughs> yeah. at this point, Chevron 7 encodes. It doesn't lock. And it wasn't the point of origin. Mm-hmm. There's an eighth symbol coming. So Daniel thinks this might be a part of a larger plan. Jack has been saying he has to go through the gate. Maybe it's been all leading to this. Meanwhile, Shaman 8 is locked and kawoosh. <laughs> they track the wormhole through the little system and it leaves the known system of stargates. It's going far outside the galaxy, which is probably why the gate needed um, so much extra power. Mm-hmm. And the eighth symbol was added most likely as a distance calculation, like a different area code. Got it. Hammond is like, so we're just supposed to let Jack go? And at this point, Daniel is like phased out. He is a walking zombie. Sure. And Daniel's like, he's already gone. We don't really have a choice. Again, at that point, you're just kind of babysitting. Yeah. Yeah. You're just, yeah, you're just there to patch things up if they fall apart. Remember when I said, I think earlier this season, where they were like, or maybe it was in the, in the, a couple times earlier, they're like, Abydos was another galaxy. Uh-huh. Remember how I was like, ignore that shit? Yep. Yeah, this is why. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it does go to other galaxies. It just, just kidding. takes the extra symbol and more power. Got it. Just kidding. All Abydos the other ones, is in our galaxy. All the other ones are in the Milky Way. So in the gate room, Tilk wants Well, you to- could say that it's kind of like, if we're going to use that area code analogy, if you live within it... Yeah. You don't have to dial it. So, oh, wait, no, then we're saying the same thing. I'm yeah. done. Yep. <laughs> so in the I game just room. solved that on the air. That was fun. <laughs> Tilk wants to Thanks, go with... guys. <laughs> we're here for you. We're here for you. Uh, Tilk wants to go with, with Jack, but Daniel's pretty sure he has to go do this alone. How do you know that? Because I don't want to go and I'm scared. I'm pretty sure that, it, that, 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 that Jack has to go by himself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's totally a thing. So Hammond's like, I can't give him a GDO code because I don't know where he's going or why he's going. And Daniel tries to impress to Jack that if he goes, he might not be able to come back. <laughs> Jack does not register any of that because he's zoned out and he goes through the gate anyway. Yeah, he's like... Everybody go fuck themselves. Yep. I'm doing a thing. We have a super long rumble shot because we're going to another galaxy. Mm-hmm. And in the control room, they're tracking the trap, tracking I the traveler. I kind of want them to, like, run into the TARDIS. Like, I don't want them to make it obvious. I just want it to kind of, like, intersect as we're traveling through. And it's like, oh, shit, that was a near miss. You know what I mean? Like, just kind of run past it somehow. Yeah, that's all. I'm sure that is somewhere on YouTube. Um... So they're tracking him through the wormhole and then lose him. 
So Jack is thrown from the gate. Mm-hmm. We see a little alien head peeking around the corner. Yay! We pan up to see it's an Asgard. I know this person. Two Z- of <laughs> species. Uh, there's two of them standing kind of close to him, and there's many more behind him watching and whispering at who the fuck just came in the door without knocking. Why is this human just all of a sudden on our floor? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you drunk on our floor, you yeah. giant person? Weird giant human. Uh, and Jack tries talking in the language he's been speaking, um, and we see the, the other two are talking in Asgardian for a while. They're okay. like, they know he's a human from Earth. They're surprised. Uh, they're also surprised to speak. he's speaking the language of the ancients, uh, which is the first time we sort of get confirmation that, that this that's is what's happening. The, the language of the ancients. Jack says that asks for help, and the first Edgar's holds up his hand, a little stone device, and it hits him with a ray of light, and Jack collapses. That's one way of helping, I guess. Yeah, okay. In yeah. the control room, they try and redial, which that fails, because Siler calls up and says that the device is dead. Mm-hmm. One shot. So on the planet, uh, Jack is back to being Jack. He's speaking English again. He seems like he's... But he goes into his nice diplomatic mode, which Jack, you know, has inside right. of him somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. When uh, he needs it. He yes. doesn't he doesn't use it as as long as he doesn't need to. Exactly. And every now and then if he needs to pull it out. He's like, like fine. fine. Fine, I will do this. It's kinda like I'm gonna share a really fun story that happened to boyfriend Jesse and I this weekend. Where <laughs> it's completely off topic but totally works. It's sometimes We never go on tangents on this. Sometimes cast. people use skills that you don't think they have. For example, I am a peopler and a talker. Boyfriend Jesse, not so much. This weekend, we could not get rid of a couch that he has <laughs> riding around in the back of a truck. And I said, let's pull into this flea market and see if someone wants to buy it off of you. <laughs> Believe it or not, lamp lady, oh lamp lady, she's become our savior now. A random lady who sat like a, a block's worth of lamps okay. decided to take it off our hands. We have a couch. Can you find someone to take it off our hands? She would probably take it off your hands. <laughs> now, the thing is, lamp lady wanted nothing to do with another girl. And oh. I said, you gotta go out there and be charming and get Lamp Lady to take this fucking couch because I'm not driving it around to another Goodwill. Because no and Goodwill, you've seen the couch we're getting rid of. No place will take this couch. We have a nice, pretty, grown-up couch the now. The moral of this story is that people can reach in and find things they did not know they had. Jack, believe it or not, has these skills far inside of him. Even though we turn to Daniel most of the time, and and yes, I'm very aware that I'm basically the Daniel of our our group, (laughs) sometimes Jack's got to pull it out of somewhere. Yes. (laughs) And done. So uh, Jack pulls out his, his diplomatic skills, and he thanks them. He knows that they're Asgard, Thor's race. Uh, and the, the Asgard are surprised that, that Jack knows them. Um, they said that he looked into the archive that stores all of the ancients' knowledge, but it wasn't meant for him. I think him is parentheses for humans. Because mm-hmm. uh, human physiology isn't advanced enough to handle it. And Jack asks where he is now. Where am I? He, they're like the Asgard planet of Othala in the galaxy Ida. I apologize if you hear the what? dog in her crinkly toy. <laughs> um, they explain that the ancients moved on from their region of space long ago, the Asgardian region of okay. space. But his subconscious mind knew that they could find the as that he could find the Asgard here, and that they could help him. And they're impressed because that's pretty advanced. They weren't really sure that they didn't think the human minds were even advanced that far to sure. figure that out. Uh, and Jack wants to know how they know so much about the human brains. And they're like, well, we stayed, we studied you closely. By we, taking them apart and then eating them. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, it's like an ice cream scoop. Um, they're not flavors. Uh, and they know, but the Asgard know that humans have great potential. They explain <laughs> that there was once an alliance in our galaxy of four great races. The Asgard, the Nox, who we've met before, okay. the Furlings, who we have not, okay. and the Ancients, the builders of the Stargates. It, they were built, you know, the, the alliance was built over many millennia, and our race, humans, have much to prove before they can interact with the Asgard on that level. So basically we've met two of the four races. Of Is the that... four great races, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yep. Got it. Um, and Jack speaks honestly. He's like, look, I don't want to sound ungrateful or anything. Um, and he appreciates getting all that shit out of his head. <laughs> but he wants them to understand that they're out there now. 
Uh Yeah, they might not be ready for all of this high flution shit, but they're doing the best they can, and they're (laughs) we're a very curious race. Yeah, this is not wrong. No, not wrong. And the Asgard holds out his hand. Jack takes it, and he said the Asgard says that they're already on their way. They've taken the first steps to becoming. The fifth race. Here's where I wish they would have, like, taken a big, giant, dramatic, soap opera-style pause. Yeah, that would have been great. And said, the fifth race to camera. (laughs) Yeah, just turn around and go, the fifth race. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) So, in the control room, Sam is going to shut down the whole system, reboot it, cycle the system, if you will. Yep. Uh, But the kids, I can't close the iris right now, Mm -hmm. uh, which is good because... The Stargate then activates, and everyone has their guns up, and it's Jack. So it's a good thing they couldn't close the yeah, iris, yeah, otherwise Jack, Jack would be... Jack stuck off planet. No, Jack would be a little tiny... He would be disintegrated. Oh, that's right. He would never rematerialize. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I know um, that. And it's Jack being Jack, and suddenly everything is online and working again. Yeah. So in the gate room, um, Jack says, I remember a thing. But, I love that. I love it. He's like, nope, I don't know shit. I don't know what you're talking about. Done. He's like, but you do remember that? You know that meaning of life stuff? I think we're going to be all right. All right. Sure. And <laughs> freeze frame. And scene. I would like to, it's been a long time since we have uh, proposed a terror award. Okay. I would like to give it to Richard Dean Anderson for his, you know, I'm going to give it... To, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you say what your reasons for it are. Oh, I think it's, it's it goes to uh, Jack. Uh, it goes to Richard Dean Anderson just for all the emotion or emoting and the acting and the humor and the pathos and everything that he gave without using words. I like that. I like that. I was going to say for getting through words like Fron. Yeah, and Groovis. And Groovis. And Philatus. And Philatus without how, breaking. How many... How, how many, many outtakes? Phallic jokes were made with Philatus. How many? <laughs> how many outtakes are there of these scenes of him and his cozars, cozars, <laughs> of him just in that weird boxing underwear? Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm all for it. Care award today goes to RDA. For, Richard Dean Anderson for everything. Yep. For, for everything. Things. Um, and next week we get Serpent Song. Yay. I Yay. don't know. Snakes. Snakes. Why'd it have to be snakes? Um, you would probably be able to guess where we're going with that if you put more thought into it. Was it Serpent Song? Yes, yeah, I know, song. but I want to say that it's about snakes. Okay. I'm going to let the beer talk today. <laughs> so, needless to say. My front is heavy with beer. <laughs> um,. You know, it's really hard for me. Right now, my top five is Thor's Chariot, Secrets, Matter of Time, Tok'ra, and Spirits. And oh. it's going to break my heart to cut Spirits off this list because okay. because um, Fifth Race goes number one. Ooh. Fifth Race goes number one on my list. Gotcha. Um, I will... I, yeah. It's... I love this episode so much. You know what's kind of cool is I think it goes very close to the top for me as well. Um... I think I'm going to put it at number two underneath Bane, though. Okay. So I'm going to go Bane, um, and then this episode. Yes. Fifth Race. Um, and then I'm going to stick with my split screen of Secrets and Need. Yep. Uh, and then Tokra's in there. I don't know if Tokra goes away. Or uh, Touchstones. Or Touchstone. I think Touchstone goes away. Okay. So Tokra becomes four, and then in fifth place, I've got a time prisoner slash spirit. Yeah. Um, so we have nothing else to add to our other our other numbers right now. Yeah, but no, this is definitely up there. This is a good one. Uh, one, it's good because we learned this idea of, of the fifth race. Yes. That's, let's, so the, the obvious overarching theme yep. is this idea that we are part of something bigger than what we are now. Yep. Um, this is a big deal. I'm yeah. really interested in, in meeting the Furling. I don't uh-huh. know who they are, but I know they're coming. Um, I hope they're cool. Uh, that's all I got. Um, I imagine they look like gremlins. I don't know why. <laughs> that's what I'm deciding right now. They are gremlins. They better be gremlins. Are they gremlins or are they... Um, um, what, they turn after midnight if you feed them? Yes. No, they're gremlins. They're I was going to say Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> they just try to eat SG-1 and everyone still thinks they're cute. Guys, yeah. seriously, the Ewoks, Ewoks try are- to eat them. Yeah. They eat humans. Yeah. Why do you think they're cute? Ewoks are fierce. Are fearsome, fucked up shit. Yeah. Um, but no, this is really a good episode because of that. And also, I love the humor in this. I love that we're back. 
I love, I love that we're not forgetting what we are. And I exactly. think that's what Stargate is to me so far being. I'm season and a half in. And you see humor, the you a little see, bit of camp. That's one of the reasons why I love Stargate so much. Because gotcha. it has that humor in camp. It yeah. knows what it is. I dig it. I'm for it. Awesome. Let's call it a day. So, uh, yeah, I mentioned we're coming back next week with Serpent Song. Yes. Um, please, if you are re-watching with me, I will have a future According to Stargate segment after the music. There's um, a secret hidden track. Secret hidden track. There's one or two things to talk about in that one. I'm looking at, Nick, at Nixie. I'm looking directly at her, which is why she keeps stuttering through her words. Because I'm, I'm looking directly at her. <laughs> and I'm trying not to give anything away. I have the worst poker face Those ever. of you who are not re-watching, who are first time watching like me, don't listen Resist after. Resist the urge. Resist the urge to listen after the, the cool little jingle that our friend Leo made. I know it's fun, but there is no more of that jingle afterward. Um, well, here's the thing. And, and I will tell you this. If, if Grace has the willpower to not listen to it when she's the one that literally blind edits it into the end of the podcast, That's absolutely true. you have the willpower not to listen yeah. as well. No, I, I absolutely do. I edit our podcast and then I and then I take the, the end slate of, of Leo's song um, and then I put Nixie's spoiler track on and there and then I it. call it a day. Yep. <laughs> so if you want to find us on Twitter, we know we've been getting a, a nice couple tweets recently. We are Terra Podcast. That's us. And you can also find us on Facebook. Facebook is where we do the majority of our posting. Yeah, we're, we're, we're not huge. I'll respond. And if, for most of you, just to let you know, uh, I'm the one that does most of the social media just because we're trying to keep Grace spoiler free and I don't want anything to accidentally hit her. Um, but yeah, I do most of the stuff on Facebook. I respond to things on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, but it's not my platform of but, choice. But definitely Definitely find us on Facebook. That's yes. where we post the most fun times. And, and that's where I'm allowed to post without yes. getting myself into trouble and finding out things I shouldn't. Yes. Uh, but yeah, on Facebook, we're at There's No Place Like Tara. Yep. And you can also email at us. Email at us. Email at us. Email at us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. <laughs> Um, thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you listen to us on iTunes, rate and review us, and then it puts us on list of things of to We will to find. give you internet hugs. Yeah, we Yay. love internet hugs. Um, they yeah. might be my second favorite kind of hugs. Uh, yeah. Right after real life hugs. Real, yeah, real life hugs are number one. They're pretty much the best kind of hugs. Yeah, but I mean, internet hugs, unicorn, right up unicorn there. hugs are pretty good too. That's not bad. Yeah, yeah. not bad hugs. I know. Especially now, I want a unicorn to okay. hug. <laughs> Unicorn we'll Hugs is the name of my band. We'll stick a horn on Kaylee. Yes. Girl. Yeah. Alrighty. We will see you next week because now we're just getting goofy. Bye, guys. Bye. Unicorn Hugs to all. Welcome, everyone, to the future according to Stargate segment here for uh, the fifth race. Um, The first thing I have to say is, as Grace was going through and naming the four great races and, you know, the Nox, we've seen those. Asgard, we've met those. Obviously, we're going to meet the Furlings and the... And the ancients, and thankfully she was not looking in my direction because I was his. I was had a very poor poker face. I was taking a drink of beer because I could have died there. Um, that becomes one of my favorite inside jokes. The payoff in episode two hundred with the furlings is perfection in my book. Um, but yeah, I just had to. Uh, laugh along with anyone else who was who was laughing at that. This is why I love Grace's predictions a lot of times. Um, so the big thing that happens in this episode, obviously, is uh, the ancients. The first knowledge that we get of the ancients. Um, I could do an entire episode, let alone a spoiler section um, on the ancients. Needless to say, yes, they're the gate builders. We learn all about them later, especially in Atlantis, uh, which is, I think, we learn a fair amount in SG-1, but I feel like a lot of the knowledge we get from the ancients is from uh, from Atlantis. I cannot wait to dig there. I think they're a 
very fun, interesting corner of, of Stargate. Um, there's also the fun thing that eventually when we start seeing ancient written out more, you can actually translate it. Here, I think they just sort of put the the letters on there, but and later on, I know in Atlantis, you can translate the ancient that's on this the steps in the gate room. I used to actually write on my notebooks things written out in ancient in college, and, and I had a book bag that I put like my name in ancient on there because I was that dork, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, the other... We do see another of these knowledge face huggers, ancient face huggers, um, in Lost City in season seven. Um, in that time, Jack actually had to go into stasis until uh, Thor was able to suck that knowledge back out of him. So it wasn't quite as convenient to get that out. Um, but we do see that again. Um, we also do see in the final episode, in Unending, we do become the fifth race, uh, which is a nice, a nice, I feel a nice thing to end the series on um, with with the Asgard giving us all their knowledge and uh, like officially knighting us with a metaphorical sword. Um, that was, if you heard Kaylee bark, I shut the door so she can't come in right now. Uh, and she's not happy about it. <laughs> so, um, you know, I talked about the fact that the uh, ancient face hugger um, and the circle in the middle of the room didn't activate for Teal'c, guessing that it was because he was Jaffa. And I think when they first wrote this episode, that was the rationale behind it. I don't know. This seems really early on. I don't think they necessarily had anything about the ATA gene, the um, ancient technology activation gene, I think is what it stands for. Um, because it's not, you know, Dr. Beckett, Carson Beckett, who's my favorite, uh, is the one who sort of coined that and discovered it. Um, we don't really hear about that until the, the pilot of Atlantis. So, I think when they wrote this episode, it was more along the lines that it was didn't happen for Teal because he was a Jaffa and just conveniently we didn't have the other two members walk across either. I think it, looking back in the saga and canon of the series, it definitely makes sense that the reason this activated for Jack is because he has the ATA gene. Um, in you know, it wouldn't have activated for Daniel going up there, and it wouldn't have activated for Sam either. Um, so that's makes sense in retrospect, which is a kind of fun how it they didn't have to retcon it or anything like that uh, later on in the series. Um, but that's I could go on a lot more about the ancients, that's a whole huge piece of the mythology that we'll end up learning about. Um, and I didn't really want to go on for minutes and minutes and minutes about them, but that I cannot wait. The whole bit with Merlin and, um, you know, um, Morgan Le Fay and in, here in SG-1 and just how we learn so much about Atlantis, the city, uh, and sort of the back history about um, the ancients that lived there, and um, I cannot wait. I love this episode that it opens the door for for all that fun stuff. That and it really is to me a nice, perfect mix of of everything that I love about Stargate here in the Fifth Race. It's definitely going to be my number one for the season. It's definitely going to be up there in my um, top ten for the series overall because this definitely for me is one of the standout pieces. So, uh, that is all for me today. Um, you know, live long and furling. <laughs> I will see you again next week, uh, with Serpent Song. Bye!